Hello and welcome to the interview from Fountainink. I am your host, Saurav Kumar. The general elections are barely a few months away. And while political leaders will crisscross the country, delivering speeches, stoking passions, rallying their troops with war cries, a lot of work for the BJP has already been done. It's a work that has been accomplished by an army of digital creators. It is work that's been done every day. It's a work that is constant. But who are these digital creators? What is this popular culture of Hindutva that exists online? In this episode of the interview, we speak to journalist and author Kunal Purohit, whose book, H-Pop, The Secretive World of Hindutva Pop Stars, is the first deep dive into this popular culture of Hindutva that exists online. Welcome Kunal, welcome to the interview. Saurav, thanks so much. Thank you for having me here. As I said, uh, it's it's a pleasure to be with Fountain Inc. It's a publication I have greatly enjoyed, I've patronized and I hope that I continue to do so. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's just out with the book and a very timely one, you know, Edge Pop, The Secretive World of Hindutva Pop Stars. Can you tell me a little more about how the book came about and what got you so interested in that? To just give some context about, you know, the work that I do, um, I have been reporting on hate crimes especially you know religion driven hate crimes for the past 5 years 5 odd years now uh, and that work has taken me to numerous places you know numerous smaller towns and villages uh, across the country from places in maharashtra where i'm based but to also states like uh, jharkhand where i've traveled a lot to uttar pradesh to haryana i've done fair bit of traveling with that in mind which is to just try and understand how hate crimes were happening and and the result of those hate crimes you know what is the social fabric of the place then after the hate crime has once uh, occurred and it's it's in these travels that i uh, that i almost accidentally stumbled upon this world that i call the secretive world of hindutva pop stars you know the book really came about in april or march of 2019 which will it'll soon be 5 years uh, since then but this was again a reporting trip that i was undertaking in a small town in jharkhand called gumla and that is where i first sort of encountered if i can say the power of of this secretive world of hindutva pop you know the the setting was was really just that a hate crime had been committed in gumla it was the lynching of a of a 20 year old muslim boy and in my reporting and, and you know this was something that had not come out till that point but in my reporting and in my continuous sort of talking to locals and understanding how the hate crime had happened i realized that there was a very distinct role that a hindutva pop song had played in possibly driving some of the people in the mob to you know lynching uh, the 20 year old muslim boy and that really just set me on a journey in some ways where i really wanted to understand if if what had happened in that small town was an aberration uh, which i hoped it was or was it a broader you know wider pattern of of a very alarming trend which so far had not been captured had not been reported about you know there had only been some stray reports of what hindutva music was like but when i when i did sort of you know go on that quest and when i did try to look for answers what i found was something that was much more disconcerting than what had started off with the assumption you know what i did find was that there was an entire galaxy almost of of hindutva oriented popular culture that was being continuously produced it was being continuously manufactured 
to to you know to popularize hindutva and ensure it reaches homes of thousands and and you know hundreds and thousands of people across the country without people like you and me ever getting a sense of it and and that is really you know what what drove me to the book because i found i mean as i said i found it disconcerting as to how little was known about this this phenomena outside of these smaller towns and cities the hindi heartland in particular has a has a long tradition of political song and sloganeering and even poetry for that matter you know as does actually kerala and and many other parts of the country you know the use of song the use of poems to drive through a message in that sense is not new so what sort of makes h pop stand out i mean is it the time it operates in is it the virality that social media provides is it the messaging itself that's i mean that's an interesting question sorrow because i i wanted to understand that as well you know I, i even when i started writing and reporting on on the characters in the book uh, there was a there was a part of me which i which wanted to also ascertain if if this is new entirely or whether this is you know a continuation of something that has been ongoing which you know i might be ignorant about you're right in saying that there is a history of 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 you know political popular culture be it be it songs be it music uh, be it poetry or be it books which is you know which is what i've looked at i think what what makes hindutva pop so distinct and and also in some ways so insidious is the fact that we are possibly seeing one of the first such concerted organized and orchestrated attempts at dehumanizing and demonizing a large a substantial part of the country's population specifically the muslims but then also um, you know uh, rivals of the bjp or anyone that the bjp considers to be a competition in some ways i think we are seeing just the scale at which it is being organized let me give you an example we've seen in the past various attempts at various points to use music and to use poetry to to sort of further political causes and you know we've seen protest poetry we've seen protest music but it's it's never been targeted at at one particular group of people in the country back in the day or just after the first war of independence and then maybe slightly before that as well we saw we saw poetry which was targeted at at you know the british colonial rule later on you know during the khilafat movement as well and i mentioned this in the book we've seen we've seen the use of poetry to mobilize uh, people in the country in fact you talk about the veer ras you know that a lot of these poets used and and that actually goes back to the period you're talking about a lot of pre independence nationalist poetry in the in particular was in veer ras it's always been a very very popular genre of hindi poetry in that sense and the fact that now this h pop superstars are employing that 100% yeah i mean one of the people i spoke to he, he runs one of the most popular youtube handles or youtube channels which then broadcast kavi sammelans that are happening in different parts and he tells me something very interesting he which is really also answering your your question to the point he's saying you know this 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 tradition of poetry uh, which is you know which is the kind of poetry that we are seeing veeras as you mentioned it's always existed except that the nature of it has changed completely till a few years ago veeras would mean talking of you know talking of patriotic values it would mean hailing india's soldiers it would mean talking of the tales of bravery uh, of our of our heroes of the past now veeras under under hindutva poetry means you hail the modi government means you indulge in hyper nationalistic stoking of the hindutva agenda it means 
characterizing critics of the Modi government as enemies of the state. And this is the stuff that has not happened before. Even during the emergency, we've seen a lot of anti-establishment poetry that came out, but nothing that stoked anger and hate towards one section of our population. And I think that is what makes Hindutva pop as a whole uh, a very, very distinct sort of genre of popular culture that that needs to be studied about some more. Kunal, while in the book, you extensively profile uh, three major practitioners of edge pop, you know, a poet, a singer and a publisher. Can you explain to us the extent or the scale of the edge pop industry, if I can call it that itself, you know, I mean, how big would it be? How many people are there, you know, publishing poetry, singing songs, all in this great Hindutva cause? I think sort of it will be fair to say that I've only managed to capture some, you know, some proportion of the entire industry. There are so many different creators in each genre, you know, be it music, be it poetry, be it books. There are so many different players who are doing this day in and day out. There are, and I've mentioned this in the book and I've spoken about the the larger industry as well, because there are so many poets, there are so many singers, there are so many music composers. You know, there are so many cinematographers and directors of photography who are shooting these videos. There, There are just so many different players attached to each genre and all of them are seeing the commercial benefits that, that the prime players of Hindutva pop are reaping. And that is drawing in more and more people with passing time. So, you know, for instance, the three characters that I've spoken about, when someone sees a Kamal Agne, who is the poet in the book and, you know, who's, who's doing Hindutva poetry, when someone sees that Kamal Agne, because of his work, is able to get an audience with, uh, you know, with Sadhvi Pragya Thakur, who invites him to do a to do a show, or you know, he goes to Bageshwar Dham Sarkar, uh, which is again, you know, a, a massive a massive sort of place in the Hindu right wing ecosystem at this point, uh, and of great significance for them. When they see that he's able to get access to all of these places and these people, there are more players who then want to start emulating his genre of poetry. And what is also somewhere worrying is that. This world of Hindutva pop is only then broad-basing itself by, by entering new domains. To give you an example, you know, we're seeing what is happening with cinema as the fourth domain in some ways, right? We're seeing the commercial success that a Kashmir Files got. Uh, and then we saw the commercial success that a Kerala story got. I'm I'm certain that there are other, you know, filmmakers and producers sitting in the wings looking at it. The Kashmir Files and, and the Kerala story. I mean, these are very sort of obvious examples of Hindutva project in in terms of film. But what this has also done in Bollywood is that it's you know it's affecting the choices other filmmakers make. Hindutva is also great commerce right now. Uh, hate is great commerce. You know, hate is is what sells. Hyper nationalism is what sells. And and all of these players recognize that. You know, they recognize that if you create a song about you know, hating Muslims or about wanting to demolish a mosque. And if you put it to beats that that go well with Ram Nami processions, your song is going to become a viral hit. Uh, and there are there are exclusive Ram Nami playlists that are made, which are, you know, which are created to incite all of these tens of thousands of people who gather on the streets to celebrate the occasion. So, you know, people then players start targeting these niches. You know, they start targeting the Ram Nami niche, for instance. And, and and sometimes that, you know, there is also a cross-pollination because what I am seeing now in the last few months, especially in Mumbai, where I, I am, 
I have seen Hindutva pop music and the playlists also enter the domain of you know Ganesh festivals. I have seen I have seen some of those songs play in these festivities, also with Navratri, and I have seen some of these songs also be being played in Navratri mandals where you know you have thousands of people dancing to 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 Garba and Dandiya, and and that's where they are also playing some songs like these. Uh, so we're seeing, you know, it's not just different genres opening up, but if it's also different spaces for Hindutva pop to creep in, uh, that 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 is something that we must keep our eyes on. Kunal, and we'll speak a little about all the three people that you've profiled. But before that, if you can tell us, apart from your skills as a reporter, what made them so open to you over a period of time? I mean, was there a desire for them to tell their story? I went to them with a with a very earnest sort of, and a very sincere, if I if I may add, with a very sincere request. You know, just just as what I told you that you know there is there is this world that exists, a world where a popular culture is constantly being weaponized. It's it's being it's being used to stoke and to popularize Hindutva. And and I told them that this is a world that very few people know exists. You know, beyond the people who follow you and your work, I, a large part of the population of the country doesn't even know of the existence of this world. And my earnest request was to just allow me to try and chronicle what they're trying to do, try and present why they're trying to do it. And in in the process, I was hoping to give you know people across the political aisle. An understanding of of how this country is changing so drastically, right? And and what are the processes that are driving some of these transformations? It took it took some time for them to agree to agree to what I was saying because, you know, I mean, I'm I'm fairly liberal and 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 I'm pretty much out there on Twitter and I I'm rather vocal on Twitter and and that would have obviously been something that they saw because they did ask me for my work and I send them my work and I my website and things, but I mean. I, I would like to think that you know they they found merit in what I was saying that people don't understand what is driving the popularity of Hindu Hindutva in this country. Um, it's easy for it's easy for a large section of the population to to you know sort of name call and and call them communal and 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 you know sort of look at them as hate mongers. But I think the the need of the hour is to really understand why this is happening and and, and sort of have a conversation rather than shy away or or take our eyes away and, and pretend that it's not happening. And that is really what I set out to do. And I, I communicated as much to them. Yeah, I mean, they must have because uh, they did allow in many ways, you know, access to their deepest thoughts and anxieties and everything else to you. So, which brings me to, you know, Kavi Singh, the first character um, that you talk about this massively popular Hindutva pop singer. And her story has a bit of an arc, you know, I mean, it starts from nowhere, goes really high and then comes down. And she's seen the success that it can bring. And she's she's also seen the failure that it can bring. Once I did hear the kind of songs that, you know, people told me about in, in Jharkhand, and I started looking at at this world and, you know, just seeing the kind of singers they were, uh, I could I could only see two uh, you know female singers and two women singers who were doing this kind of work, uh, and and just you know having followed the Hindu right wing ecosystem for a while, I I know how rare it is for women to take uh, you know these these sort of leadership positions. Later in the book, uh, in, in when you talk about the poet, you know Kamalagnaya, but how twice in the Kavi Sammelans. Uh, they just ref- forgot to introduce the sole woman poet on it it used to happen so often that uh, you know each of the poets on on the stage would be introduced one after the other with you know glowing words and and sort of praises 
and the soul and there is to only be ever one female poet on the on the stage with all of these other you know anywhere from 7 to 8 to 5 to sometimes 10 male poets and that one female poet would 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 not be introduced so very often so you know there is a general sort of invisibilization of of women in this space and kavi singh is really out there to try and change that she speaks of herself she holds feminist values very close to her heart uh, she tells me some of her actions also sort of prove that and i was very fascinated with that dichotomy and i mean how do you how do you sort of go into a world so dominated not just by men but by ideas of masculinity you know how is you know how is a woman sort of navigating all of these spaces while navigating the larger ideological you know sort of conundrum that she might or might not face uh, in speaking the language of hindutva uh, what does that make her you know and how does she sort of do it and i found only two of them there was kavi and and there was one more woman lakshmi dubey except that lakshmi dubey was you know although she had a she had a massive hit this song called har ghar bhagwa chhayega and that was i mean that was i think like a chart buster of sorts and it still is a chart buster in in so many of these spaces but apart from that one song she wasn't really someone who uh, was very very frequent and very consistent with what she was doing whereas kavi i found was always you know on the point uh, there the article 370 gets revoked and she's got a song on it uh, there is there is a killing of a hindu girl by a muslim guy there is a song on it called love jihad you know there is a debate around how the the muslim population is is you know sort of needs to be curtailed with a population control law and there is kavi with a song on it right then so i always found this fascinating that she was always so quick and consistent to perform and sort of continuously buttress the the hindutva agenda there's a period where you talk about when some of her songs are not working and and she and her father who's the writer of those songs they start getting the message you know bolder getting the gloves off more and more you know something that is they basically start getting stronger and stronger in their messaging and and, and that is what really gets the audience involved up to the point absolutely absolutely and i think um i think therein lies the ta- tale of you know a lot of the content that is produced on india social media feeds um what we are seeing as i said is is that hate will sell uh, you know that is really the sort of underlying message that kavi and her father got when when she saw that after that initial high of the song on pulwama when she tried to do very seemingly very benign things you know like a song on voter awareness without re- really taking political sides a song on india's history without again being outwardly political with it none of these songs really got her the the kind of virality that her first song which had indirectly demonized muslims got her on the out, outwards you can blame creators like kavi and and you can you know sort of rightfully say that they are they are also exploiting uh, the the sort of values of communalism and sectarianism but on the other side i mean you know you are also seeing how that is what is clicking with with our audiences so kunal in your understanding through the course of this book of, of meeting these uh, creators you know kavi singh kamal agne and, and sandeep dev who will come to later what did you think of their understanding of digital platforms of the concept of virality of analytics because it's also at the end of the day it is also bread and butter for them right i think all of the three have very different grasping of these you know of, of uh these networks of the ways they work and of the ways that you can bypass them 
Kavi, for instance, I mean, Kavi, you know, in the in the sort of later stages of the book reporting, she told me how she was continuously being, uh, you know, shadow banned or was she she thought she was being blocked by Facebook because she was uploading uploading sort of videos and 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 um, you know shorter clips of her speaking, which were which were rather polemical and 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 you know used to target Muslims or or, or sort of call names and things. And she started understanding that she was getting punished by the platforms. So she tried to, you know, sort of circumvent it by not talking about these controversial things for a bit, uh, except that she realized that that is, you know, that is then again, not getting her the fame. So then she comes back to doing what she was doing earlier. And then, and I end the book with, with writing about how, um, you know, after her plateauing for a bit, her last song that, you know, so that I do record in the manuscript, at least when I finalized is a song about, wanting to get modi re-elected in 2024 uh, modi ko modi ko jitana hai bhagwa lehrana hai that's that's the song all of the three sort of even though they you know they have very sort of different ideas of how to beat it what i did notice was they were all very very well acquainted with uh, you know the different platforms that that were they were using to further their work for someone like sandeep youtube is is extremely important Whereas Kavi relies a lot on YouTube, but she also relies a lot on Instagram and Facebook. She was earning Sandeep, you mentioned in the book, $30,000 a, a year at, at its peak. I mean, which is not an insignificant amount at all. So, Not at all, not at all. But you know, what's interesting with someone like a Sandeep especially is that he's also trying to beat these platforms whenever he feels they're published, whenever they he feels they're punishing him. Um, you know, so he's 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 full of these guerrilla tactics against, uh, you know, for instance, he will never say Muslims in his videos. He will call them Haretid Day, which is, you know, green locusts, um, right? He, he will never use the word Rohingya, but he'll use something else to to denote uh, Rohingya Muslims. Uh, okay. And, you know, he's, he, yeah, he's also creating his own sort of, uh, and I've mentioned this in the book. He's also trying to create his own streaming platform, his own e-commerce site. So they have they have a very good knowledge of of this world, uh, but they also realize that the kind of content that they want to continuously create will not really you know let them remain on these platforms for too long. Or if it does, then you know they, they may not be able to monetize it as well. So someone like Sandeep especially is constantly looking for alternatives. To these bigger platforms and he's trying to create them at his own end which which is i mean i feel like it's it's fantastic what he's trying to at least achieve just in terms of the ambition you know the the intention is problematic but the ambition is there you know how does the sang parivar leverage all this because a lot of they're doing some things very openly in, in a manner that they themselves can't do you know these edge pop stars so how how does it all come together in the larger political project of perpetuating the BJP's rule and propagating the Hindutva thought, you know, even more than what it is right now, if, if that is possible. So how do they feed off on this kind of content? It, it works in different ways, sort of. So one, and this is not from the book strictly, but um, there is a there is a Hindutva influencer by the name of Kajal Hindustani. Uh, and, and, you know, she has been sort of doing this exactly this you know she's she's a hindutva influencer and she's been doing this for about four or five years now where she comes on facebook she does these live videos and and you know she spews venom on muslims and and pretty much you know the same genre of of work that all three are doing um and and her her fame over the years 
lent herself to becoming a speaker at a lot of rallies and and public meetings which were being organized by the vhp and bajrang dal not just in gujarat but in in states like maharashtra as well and this is i'm saying this this is in 2023 for these h pop stars kunal what is it in this for them you know what are the rewards is it, is it monetary is it it's a lot of things sort of so it depends on what you're also looking for and i say this because in some ways all three of these characters are are looking for you know different things in different ways uh, for instance one of the immediate things is is fame uh, is popularity is just the sheer numbers that you know are attracted towards you that then brings in the money as well that then brings in the lifestyle as well that brings in the connections as well and sort of this is a very important sort of you know card that is that exists within the hindu right wing ecosystem um you know it's about who you know and where that access gets you um because access really is the key you know it's it is it's it's a closely guarded sort of ecosystem it is it is really about building on each other's networks and it's really about you know trying to leverage each other's popularity to get ahead a lot depends on who you're seen with in in this world sort of so let's say kamal agne for instance after bageshwar dham you know the, the the sort of the math in madhya pradesh became very very popular for his for his pro hindutva remarks kamal agne was invited to perform at bageshwar dham and for him this was the opportunity of a lifetime because this is really what he had been hoping for you know to be seen with some of the most popular stars of of the hindutva world and and once he's seen in places like this is when he starts getting more and more doors opened for him uh so you know it is it is a lot it is money it is fame it is virality it is the access and ultimately it is getting closer and closer to your final ambition you know which in which in all of the three uh, people's cases are are somewhat different in in that sense but uh, they're also uniform uh, where they need more and more power somewhere uh, to be attached to their name and and more prestige is what they're looking for what is your uh, sense of you know of the content they produce is it setting the agenda or is it giving people what they want what they already know what they already believe in i think it's a lot of things sort of um to begin with i think what they're trying to do is is to in some ways create and set an agenda which is then picked up by the bjp and which is then picked up by other governments right it is it is before the bjp and the governments get involved that it's it's popular culture which is you know creating this sort of narrative where some issues become more important than the others and i'll give you an example population control up a couple of years ago uh, announced the up government under yogi adityanath announced that they were trying to bring in a law which would which would try and regulate the growth of population in the state and then it was broadly being looked at as you know as a thing which was against the muslims and a lot of people especially in the liberal circuit were taken aback at at just how swiftly it had come about uh, you know i mean we often sort of in the liberal circuit circuit people say oh you know but there's no consultations we didn't we didn't see it being discussed and it being mulled over and some of it some of that at least is because it's the work of all of these people like the three pop stars i've mentioned to create you know consensus to create that agenda and to constantly you know tell the audience that this is an important issue what this does is while on the outside and and while at an external superficial level we can all listen to the prime minister the home minister and other senior ministers 
talking of a certain agenda which is based on you know governance issues which is based on development uh, what what hindutva pop culture does and, and the the reason why it is so insidious you know it it simultaneously is talking of a very very different agenda it is constantly telling its audiences that there is a increasing threat to hindus of the country from the muslims uh, it is continuously telling people about how there is a demographic coup that the that the muslims and the islamic world is planning so it's continuously building on these threats it's it then sometimes you know broadens the threat to also include the rivals of the bjp you know so it will it will bring in rahul gandhi it will bring in a mehboob a mufti it will bring in an ovc you know all of these people are then sort of clubbed together to make all of them enemies of the state and enemies of the country and you know this is again the the idea is to keep canvassing to keep dehumanizing the community uh, and and by the community i mean the muslim community you know sometimes it is also about the christian community and you know about other religious minorities so the idea is to constantly work on that so that so that voters never feel like the hindutva agenda is not on the table uh, you know even if the prime minister or or whoever else in the bjp is not talking about hindutva there is there is a constant attempt to ensure that hindutva is is constantly on the agenda when it comes to the minds of these voters even when the prime minister or the home minister or, or the much of the sung leadership is not constantly talking about this there is an army of digital creators keeping the conversation alive absolutely and and what it does quickly sort of is is you know it reiterates the threats to hindus and to india and the answer to those threats is always and always modi or the bjp kunal let's talk a little about sandeep deo built big he's seen success he's seen failure he was a journalist for a fair amount of time and uh, he's the only one who seems to be you know even willing to take on the bjp or or willing to speak against modi and and do all those things so what what do you make of that where does he come from i i think i think there is um there is this ideological firmness and um there is a lot of self respect that i see in sandeep dev you know which for him trumps everything else um you know i've described in the book that that man has seen so many um you know so many sort of strings of failures uh in terms of in terms of his employment in terms of you know just being able to get a decent company going that i think he's he's in some ways become rather fearless of the result of his actions um and this is something that he you know he would keep telling me he says um whenever i have these thoughts you know which are which are rather drastic i tend to just go and announce them you know on my youtube channel to people before i can even before i can even sort of you know make my mind up or before i can consult my family or or those near me um for instance you know his decision to pull out of a very lucrative agreement with uh, bloomsbury india he was an author with you know so he says he says i just knew i had to do it for the hindutva cause and i didn't want to get into this whole argument about or this whole calculation about what it's going to cost me you know because it it i mean he says it it costs him a few lakhs every year because that's the that's the kind of royalties that he was getting from them uh, for his books but you know he's saying that doesn't matter to me i mean i i am someone who's who's not wanting to compromise on my ideology and and, and i think that has been a recurring theme for him you know he was as you said he was a journalist and he decided to quit after he realized that hindutva or or a journalist who believes in hindutva or as a hindutva supporter 
doesn't have much space in the newsroom he said something very interesting sort of when he said you know all my life i was i was constantly told or you know people like us are constantly told that we are communal and hence we don't deserve a conversation right and and now we are the ones setting the conversation for the country uh, and i think there's 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 a great deal of of, of profound thought behind what he said um and, and and one of the things that did strike out to me as significant is is the lack of conversation right is is the lack of uh, sort of engagement with each other's points of view in in this country anymore uh, and and that is what i'm also hoping that the book provokes you know the book sort of pushes people to engage with with people of different political ideologies your book is a uh, you know very matter of fact it does not i mean it, it isn't colored by your opinion which is i think uh, the best thing a reporter can do i mean yeah, there are attempts throughout the book to sort of correct statements of fact or put context to some of the claims that have no basis you know that some of these characters make but beyond that i i don't think there's anything else that you've put of yourself it's been a very very conscious choice to to not insert my voice into it because i mean you know we we see we see that that is a particular brand of book writing as well where the author really you know is is sort of inserting herself or himself into different situations and and i've read books which are which are sometimes rather tone deaf you know which are uh, which are oh, i'm i'm from south delhi and look i've come to this village in jharkhand and look how different things are uh, i mean i was i was certain i did not want to do that at all to begin with but i think at a broader level i also didn't want you know to be the judgmental voice which was telling readers oh look how bad he is or look you know he is islamophobic i really wanted their words and and their work to to do the talking for them um and and just sort of as you said you know uh, nudge them ev- ever so slightly every time i feel like there is a fact check that needs to happen but nothing apart from that um because i, I mean i'm i'm sincerely hoping that people on on both sides of the political aisle read this book and engage with it the link between this sort of incendiary speeches and poetry and song with violence i mean you start with the with the gumla incident in the book where a lynching happens and and even if the song is not there there is a particular song that is part of that story is there a direct link between say violence and the world of hindutva pop it's a very challenging link to to be able to draw i think what is so dangerous sorrow about what we're seeing in india is is that is that the pop culture that I, that i discuss in the book it's it's dehumanizing and it's you know it's it's villainizing uh communities and people every single day at all times of the day every time you listen to a song every time you listen to a poetry video on youtube or every time you see uh, or read excerpts of a book from any of these hindutva publishing houses that dehumanization you know sort of begins again which is really why i feel like we may not be able to at this point yet you know be able to draw a, a link of causality between this kind of pop culture and real life violence but but i just sincerely hope that there there doesn't come a day when drawing that link is very very easy and i must mention this one reason why we have not been able to draw that link is because i think i think somewhere we've all not looked hard enough you know for instance me as a journalist maybe i have not looked hard enough when i'm investigating these hate crimes our law enforcement agencies for instance they have not done they have not done their fair bit of work in trying to crack down and trying to understand what some of this music is doing we see a lot of people being charged 
uh, under section 295 you know and under different sections of the ipc for hurting religious sentiments but but we never see similar kind of action towards you know some of this some of the music that we're seeing come out of hindutva pop some of the poetry even the books that are being written we we don't see i mean you know we don't see that kind of scrutiny that this pop culture is being put through and and as a result what is happening is it's continuously seeping into you know into the public realm in different ways right as i said when i started off in 2019 this was the music that i that i could hear being played in smaller towns in smaller cities uh, you know away from the metros away from the bigger uh, urban spaces in india and now we've come to the point sorrow where these songs are being played at the largest cricket stadium in the world the narendra modi stadium and on the biggest day of the world cricket world cup which is the india pakistan match you know we've done that whole journey from from obscurity to now it coming to the biggest stage i mean of the country as well right because there there are very few people in the country who not care about an india pakistan cricket match uh, in a world cup so that is where this song is then being platformed so i think violence or no violence i think what we need to try and look deeper and study and and sort of understand harder is is just what it's doing on an everyday basis to us right and then i mean i'm seeing a lot of videos also that are then put to these songs and and they're available on on youtube as well where some of the animation also you know sort of is is very violent and it's very graphic uh, you know where you where you see um, an animation figure with a skull cap being 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 beaten up uh, while the song is playing in the background and you know so seeing this on an everyday basis yeah yeah and 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 which is why i've really quoted research and and you know because i i don't want to i don't want to go out there and say you know the violence is is happening definitely because of the songs but i've quoted research i mean you know you look at the research that i've quoted from the iraq for instance where where there are academics who are saying that before soldiers before american soldiers went out to to kill uh, possibly civilians they would listen to you know heavy rap and heavy metal uh, and death metal sometimes and because the music would put their minds in a condition which was much more suited for for violence to then occur you know there are all of these disparate links between between uh, the consumption of popular culture and between some of these problematic traits you know and behaviors like like violence like hate uh, i think it's about joining the dots sort of and and being able to understand that this is the direction that we are heading in and and that is really what i'm hoping that, that the book has at least started uh, the process of doing Thank you so much Kunal for giving so much of your time and having this conversation. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure fielding uh, your questions and and I hope that people do uh, engage with the book and I hope that people tell other people about it because I feel like in the polarized worlds that we live in we're increasingly shutting out people from the the other side of the political divide. Uh, and that is that is only harming us.